Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. From roughly 1975 to 1985, pro wrestling had me hooked. It started with a wrestling magazine that someone had brought to school. I was around 12 years old at the time and asked if I could look at the magazine. The magazine had lots of pictures of all the top wrestlers. There was Ivan the Russian Bear Koloff, Dick the Bruiser Athlis, Superstar Billy Graham, Chief J Strongbow, and of course, the living legend of professional wrestling, Bruno Sammartino. Later that year, I discovered I could watch pro wrestling on local channel 47, a UHF channel. It had reasonably decent reception, provided you could get the rabbit ears set just right. For those who didn't grow up in the 1970s and haven't a clue what I'm talking about, Rabbit ears are what we call the antenna on the television. UHF was primarily a Spanish channel. If you weren't Spanish, the only reason you would search UHF was for the wrestling. Lucha Libre in Spanish. That's when I first saw Bruno Sammartino wrestle. He was the champion of the Wide World Wrestling Federation. Back then, the three most popular federations were the National Wrestling Alliance, which covered most of the Southern Territory, the American Wrestling Association, which covered the Midwest, and the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, which covered the area where I lived, the East Coast. While staying up late one Saturday night, I discovered a new federation that had sprung up named the International Wrestling Association. It was televised on Channel 9, WOR, out of New York City, and it didn't come on until midnight. The champion of that federation was a very athletic Mexican wrestler by the name of Mil Mascaris. He wore a mask that his opponents were always trying to take off, but of course, never could. Mascaris was one of the few wrestlers who had an unlimited array of moves, and he would usually finish off his opponent by diving off the top rope. He quickly became one of my favorites. The chief villain of the IWA was Bulldog Brower, who had a heated rivalry with the mighty Igor, who later became a very popular wrestler using the name Ivan Polish Power Putski. The IWA didn't last very long. 
so most of the wrestlers join one of the other three federations. Then, the WWWF started televising their shows on Saturday afternoon. The show attracted many fans, including me. But San Martino rarely, if ever, wrestled on these televised shows. He was the main attraction, and they saved him for the big venues like Madison Square Garden and the Spectrum in Philadelphia. In April 1976, Bruno wrestled a relative newcomer named Stan Hansen. Hansen had been a college football star at West Texas State. A huge man at six foot four and 310 pounds, his favorite move was the lariat. He would hurl his opponent into the ropes. Then when the guy bounced off and headed towards him, he would clothesline him. A body slam usually followed. But while body slamming San Martino, Hansen accidentally dropped him on the back of his head and broke his neck. No one in the pro wrestling business was ready to let the secret out that the matches were scripted. So the storyline was that it was Hansen's lariat that broke Bruno's neck. Thankfully, San Martino made a full recovery and returned to the ring. By now, I was questioning whether pro wrestling was fake. That's what everyone was telling me. I resisted, though. I was only 14 years old at the time, and I didn't want to believe pro wrestling was phony. In 1977, I met someone who was an even bigger wrestling fan than I was. My new friend was more than a fan. Actually, he photographed wrestling as a side job. The big benefit for me was that my friend knew some of the wrestlers personally, and he was able to get tickets to just about any show. One day, he asked me if I wanted to go with him to an upcoming show. What's the ticket price, I asked. They're free, he said. All I ask is that you help me sell my photos before and after the show. How could I turn down a deal like that? Come back next week for part two of my pro wrestling podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. At the Sports History Network, we're all about sports yesteryear, and so we're so pleased to introduce you to Row One, an online memorabilia gallery and shop that brings your sports history to life anywhere. The Row One Gallery includes over 5,200 gorgeously reproduced prints of team posters, game program covers, game tickets, advertisements, and more in baseball, pro and college football, pro and college basketball, and more. And any gallery item may be printed in a variety of sizes on wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. And in Row One Shop, check out the thousands more of unique 
unique items with a retro and historical designs dating back to 1876, including t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, phone cases, mugs, blankets, pillows, towels, and even shower curtains. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com, R-O-W number one, for access to the full Row 1 catalog and for gallery prints and gift items, plus get a 15% discount off all prints on the Row 1 Pictorum Gallery with coupon code SHN15. Follow the link on the show notes. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Hello, football friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch Podcast, and I'd like to invite you to the portal of positive football history, Pigskin Dispatch and pigskindispatch.com. We talk about everything that centers around the game of American football, expert discussions, the origins of the games, the great players, teams, and coaches, and more, and some great guests and insights from experts. We have new episodes three to four times a week, and you can find us on sportshistorynetwork.com, pigskindispatch.com, or your favorite podcast provider. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.